Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. What is up, everybody? We are dusting off coast to coast. We are back for 2024 NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. My name is Chris Wilner, MRN Pit Reporter, MRN Announcer Kyle Rickey out at Stafford in Connecticut. Kyle, we're back. It's been a couple months. We've had some time away from racing. I know it seemed like the offseason gets shorter and shorter when you have, you know, Chili Bowl and Shootout and, of course, all the action coming up here with Speed Weeks this week. But, uh, we're back. Year three of you and I together. Are you excited? I am. I feel like we just did our last show of year two, <laughs> yeah. but I also feel like I've seen you almost every day since then because you've been nonstop. Uh, I've tuned into your coverage of the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals and it's also shootout. And I've, you've been, I think you're at the Rolex 24. I mean, now uh, a lot going on and a lot of those miles already racked up for you in the first month of the year. That is true. That is very true. Uh, there's no rest for the wicked, that's for sure. And But I'm excited. You know, 2024 has already gotten off to a great start when you look at how last year ended on the NASCAR regional schedule of things. You've got a great start to the World Series of Asphalt that we'll get to out, out at New Smyrna, the kickoff speed weeks. There's a lot of hype going in across all the major series, so I'm excited to see where the storylines come as we get into 2024. Okay, Rick, what'd you do this offseason? Anything exciting? No, not nearly the exciting uh, offseason you had. Uh, I, I rested. I relaxed. Good. The the I feel like the older I get, the more of that I like to do. Uh, but we'll be ready to go here for a full uh, full season of racing up here in New England and around the country with the Motor Racing Network. Absolutely. As the weather starts to get warmer around the country, we've got a great show for you here on this first episode of 2024. Of course, we are talking about Speed Weeks, everything going down in Florida between New Smyrna and, of course, the World Center of Racing at Daytona International Speedway. We'll preview the Arkham Menard Series as they get set to go. We already had the opener for the Wheel and Modified Tour earlier this week, so we'll talk about that. And, of course, have the managing director for NASCAR in their weekly and touring series, Joey Denowitz, join us to talk all things Rebranding, yes, because it's NASCAR Regional now, beginning in 2024 and beyond. So we'll talk about what that means for short track racing and more coming up. Well, Kyle, let's get things started with the action out at New Smyrna Speedway and the World Series of Asphalt. It is one of the um, highlights of the early part of the year because everyone gets to dust off their race cars, and it's nine nights of racing. So if you cannot get your fill in nine nights, then something's wrong with you because we've already had incredible racing as this one goes through Saturday the 17th, and we'll start it off, Kyle, with a couple of nights ago, Ron Silk picking up the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour season opener, much like he did a year ago en route to a championship. It was a thriller, Kyle, with a stout lineup of race cars down there at New Smyrna. Yeah, it was a great race. Uh, over 30 cars took the green flag. I believe 35 were on the starting grid. Nearly 40 were entered, but a couple of cars had issues in practice and qualifying earlier in the day. A huge crowd for the second year in a row, but it wasn't a an official sellout. It was pretty darn close. Uh, not a seat to be had at the New Smyrna Speedway on Saturday night. And like you mentioned, they saw a great battle between Ron Silk, 
uh, picking up right where he left off from 2023. Heated battle with Justin Bonsignor in lap traffic late in the event. Austin Beers, great run up uh, in front of the field most of the night. couple of notables that were not. Matt Hirschman, I think everybody expected him uh, to challenge for the race win, but uh, he did not finishing just out of the top five, I believe. And, and Ryan Priest. Uh, kind of embarrassed. He said uh, last night after he won, and we'll get to that in a moment, uh, but he said that uh, he was kind of embarrassed on Saturday. He just remembered the last time he went a lap down in a NASCAR wheel and modified tour race, uh, but he did on Saturday. That's how tough the field was on Saturday night that saw Ron Silk pick up that initial win of the season. And he's had a good start to speed weeks down there at the World Series of Asphalt. Also picked up the Monday Tour-type modified uh, victory over Ryan Priest, another good battle. So if you're Ron Silk, you always talk about race car drivers, love momentum, and when what better way to do it coming off a championship season than going two for three uh, to start the World Series of Asphalt. You mentioned Ryan Priest picking up the win as we record this episode Wednesday, picked it up Tuesday night. Uh, good to see him get back on the horse. I know he loves running that modified uh, down there at New Smyrna Speedway, but uh, what, I guess, what's your takeaway so far from the modified slate of things down there at New Smyrna? It's a great field of cars. Uh, like we've seen every every year, I feel like, in the last six or seven years. I mean, there was a time period where they were only getting 12 to 15 cars. And, and suddenly, with the helping with the help of streaming a few years ago, uh, those car counts went up. And a lot of teams have committed to run the full now six nights with the tour race on Saturday and then the five nights culminating with the Richie Evans 100 on Friday night. Um, a lot of young stars just looking to get their feet wet in modified racing. And then you got the veterans like Ryan Priest and Ron Silk uh, that, have, that have been running well up the front of the field. I think Silky was one caution away last night from uh, three in a row, coming from the eighth starting spot, uh, made his way up to second and uh, just couldn't quite reel in Ryan Priest there in the closing laps. But overall, uh, fantastic racing thus far. Haven't seen a lot of torn up race cars and uh, three more big nights to come. Of course, you also have down there local divisions as well, 602 crate modifieds, and of course, late models and super late models have been in action for a few nights so far at the World Series of Asphalt. When you look at some of the, aside from the ASA Stars National Race, which was last night, we'll get that to that in a minute, but Gio Ruggiero winning the first night, Gus Dean had probably the most emotional win of the week, uh, just a week after losing his grandfather, who had never missed a race, goes out there and finally gets one done in the super late out at New Smyrna. Um, some some names that I maybe didn't expect to get right off the bat, some checkered flags, got got uh, a few big wins there to start the week. I love Gus Dean, and I always have. You know, I've known him for several years now and his involvement in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, obviously running the super late model the last several seasons uh, down at the New Smyrna Speedway. Picking up that checkered flag, very emotional, probably the most emotional victory lane that we have seen thus far and probably will see all week. Uh, Gio Ruggiero, one of the young stars that we've talked about in the past, has made a name for himself, not only on the local level up here in New England, but on the national level as well in a super late model. And, uh, you know, took the first big checkered flag of the year, and I expect to find him or see him find more success as the week and uh, the season obviously unfolds, just getting ramped up. And then, of course, we had the second year beginning with the ASA Stars National Tour, the National Touring Super Late Model Series under the ASA banner. And a lot of hype going into this one, Kyle. Of course, we talk about the star-studded field that always shows up for these races when you've got Ty Majeski, Bubba Pollard, Steven Nassi, and the like. A uh, little bit of a, a long race last night, and, and it wasn't without some dramas. We had that big pass for the win, Bubba Pollard getting around Ty Majeski with about 20 laps to go. 
and Jet Nolan came out of nowhere and finished second with a career-best finish for him. So a lot of new names coming up toward the front, but uh, no one's surprised to see Bubba Pollard get a win down there at New Smyrna. No, especially uh, after he made the pass for a while, it looked like it was going to be time at Jeske uh, that was going to pick up the win uh, early in, in that event. A couple of long green flag runs saw him pull away, but you mentioned the late pass for the, the race win. That saw Bubba Pollard pull away by about the length of the front straightaway at the checkered flag. So uh, they did some wrenching on that car during the event, a couple of stage breaks to allow the opportunity for these teams to work on their cars. And uh, they hit the right setup uh, in the closing stage of the event and uh, able to take the win. I feel bad for Derek Griffith. Uh, involved in a huge incident over in turn number one. He said in his post-race interview, his super late model season may be done. Hopefully that was just uh, the heat of the moment emotion comment, yeah. but we'll see. The, they're very expensive race cars. And like he said, there was really no need to tear up a $100,000 race car the way uh, that they did on the front stretch last night. So hopefully Derek can get back on track here sooner rather than later. That's right, and we also had Casey Roderick round out the podium in the third position. Chase Elliott was a part of that race as well, Cole Butcher and the like. So uh, the 2024 ASA Star National Tour Series underway after the opening race there in the Clyde Hart Memorial on Tuesday night, and there's still plenty of racing to come. Kyle, you mentioned the Richie Evans Memorial 100 on Friday for the Modifieds. We also have the Orange Blossom 100 that caps uh, the World Series of Asphalt on Saturday. Still lots of racing to go, and you can watch it all on Flow Racing. I know that's where you've been tuned in all week long. All week long and, and all off-season long. So much going on, and, and kudos to the race fans down in Florida. You know, we talked a lot about New Smyrna, the great crowds last night for the ASA, the Stars ASA race, Saturday night for the Modifieds. But Volusia Speedway Park had their largest crowd ever on Saturday night for the World of Outlaws in their fourth and final night. East Bay Raceway in their final season have had huge crowds already this season uh, in, in just the last couple of nights. Uh, I know... Uh, but the All-Stars were there, or the, yeah, the, the high limits were there uh, the last couple nights. So um, great crowds packing these short tracks before a lot of them venture over to the big track here beginning Thursday night. Yeah, it's one of the most exciting couple of weeks in racing because you can just call Florida home for a couple of weeks and spent, you know, half of it at New Smyrna or Volusia or East Bay and then head right up the road and go to Daytona International Speedway uh, beginning really tonight with qualifying yep. as we record this on Wednesday. But of course, the duels on Thursday and then through the rest of the week. So lots coming up. Uh, World Series of Asphalt again. You can catch all the action the rest of the week on flow racing we did have a race before we got all of this kick started out in south carolina at florence it was the icebreaker where we had carson quapple do carson quapple things for junior motorsports and pick up an early season win but his boss dale jr was in the field drove from like 13th to a top five kyle that's probably and he even said it was probably some of the most fun he's had in a late model in a long time Finished in the fourth spot, uh, said it was the first time in, I think, what, 17 years, maybe longer than that, maybe 27 years, uh, time flies, that he, ha he has had to go through tech at Florence Speedway uh, there in South Carolina, a track that he raced at uh, a lot growing up and kind of, you know, getting his start in this sport. So finished fourth, a great run. Uh, Connor Hall, another good run, finished in the second spot to Quapple, who, again, like Ronnie Silk in the Modifieds, kind of picked up right where he left off uh, a year ago. 
Absolutely. And then before we get to our guests coming up this week, don't forget, we also were off during the Snowball Derby. So I'd be remiss to not talk about Ty Majeski getting that second Snowball Derby championship in four years, getting it done after a lot of drama-filled action on the racetrack, beginning with lap one that tore up, what, half the field, including Derek Thorne, William Byron was involved, Eric Jones. And then the controversial uh, race for the lead inside 20 to go between Bubba Pollard and Steven Nassi. Both those cars ended up in the wall. Kyle, could you point the finger to anything, or was that just a late race battle for the lead and just kind of a racing deal? Because certainly that was uh, – I didn't expect to see that. And, of course, Ty Majeski just said thank you very much as he cruised to the win. That was just a late race. Hey, we're battling for the win in the Snowball Derby, one of the most prestigious short track events in this country. They came together, seized parted, like you mentioned, for Ty, who – Pass them both to go on to, to claim the win. You got a feel for a lot of those drivers involved in that first lap wreck. I mean, so much build up to that race. You're there for the better part of three days practicing and qualifying and the last chance race the night before. A lot of laps, a lot of money invested into that event and to not even make turn one. Uh, you know, tough for a lot of those big teams that uh, you expected to run toward the front of the field during those 300 laps. And, of course, all this is under the now newly branded NASCAR Regional Division. That announcement came a couple of weeks ago before we got everything started down in Florida. And, Kyle, a, a big moment for, for the touring series, the weekly series, to now be under this umbrella. The name changed. Nothing else really has yet. But at the same time, it makes things a little bit more concise for people to realize that all of, whether you're talking about the Arkhamenard series, East and West, the Wheel and Modified Tour, or of course our weekly series with the late models, it all follows under the NASCAR regional banner. I think makes it a lot easier for race fans to follow the ladder system in, uh, on the march to NASCAR. Yeah, it's a brand that we've seen evolve quite a bit over the last decade uh, with NASCAR home tracks for a long time, NASCAR routes in recent years, now NASCAR regional. And we'll talk to Joey here in a little bit, Joey Denowitz, uh, who is behind the rebranding. It's kind of like going back a couple of decades when it wasn't branded, but we just in the media referred to them as NASCAR's regional series uh, back you know, when the, the West series uh, was a NASCAR branded property, the NASCAR Winston West at the time, uh, the NASCAR North Tour up here in the Northeast, uh, the Wheel and Modified Tour. There were a few other tours, uh, part of that, uh, you know, regional series. And, you know, taking bringing that name back, uh, no doubt it's going to grow grow the brand and grow hopefully those series uh, into some into stepping stones, as they have done for so many decades into NASCAR's national series. It was a big announcement, and of course, we're excited to see where this goes moving forward. And the guy behind it, as as uh, Kyle mentioned, Joey Denowitz, is standing by on the other side of the break. So we'll step aside real quick and welcome Managing Director for NASCAR and the Touring, Touring and Weekly Series, Joey Denowitz, to the show here on NASCAR Coast to Coast after this. For three decades, Racing Electronics has been the number one choice for scanners, headsets, and all race day communications needs. Racing Electronics provides the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate NASCAR fan. Hear uncensored communication from every team in the race with a scanner from Racing Electronics or tune into the MRN radio broadcast. To learn more, visit RacingElectronics.com today. Be race ready, be RE equipped. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. As promised, joining us, Mr. Joey Denowitz, the NASCAR 
NASCAR Managing Director for Weekly and Touring Series. Joey, it has been, and we just talked about it off air, uh, kind of a hectic start, right? You know, you got the season going for all of our regional series and the new branding with NASCAR Regional. What have the last couple of weeks been like as we get uh, some of our series getting going here in Speed Weeks? It's been exciting, uh, more than anything, just to finally see all of the work kind of come together and and uh, see things like the new branding with NASCAR Regional launch, um, see race cars on racetracks again. I think that's why we all kind of do this to, to some level. So uh, through the off season, it's very important to get rest and recharged and and um, and give you some opportunity to work on some programs and things. But uh, nothing is better than watching the Wheel and Modified Tour take the green flag at New Smyrna last Friday. 35 cars strong uh, last weekend at New Smyrna Speedway. Part of just one division at New Smyrna Speedway this week with a whole lot of cars. I believe there's 40 super late models, over 40 pro late models, a bunch of uh, the local modified, 602 modifieds. What's the week like for you? How much time are you able to spend over at New Smyrna during their nine-night extravaganza kickoff to the season? Uh, well, a, a fair amount, uh, whether it was uh, the ASA uh, Stars Tour last night uh, or, or the Modified Tour or the kickoff last Friday, uh, I've, I've tried to get over there three or four times, but um, splitting, splitting time is difficult because uh, there's, there's a lot of things that are going on at the big track with our partners at Advanced Auto Parts or Wheel and Engineering. Um, and, and then, of course, you have the Arkham Menards uh, Series race on Saturday. So, uh, I, I'm really relishing this, this job opportunity because I get to spend time, uh, at the big track and, and the world center of racing. And they, they give me a credential to watch the Daytona 500 that I don't have to spend money on. Uh, but man, it is, it is a lot of fun to sit in the grandstands at New Smyrna, sit off in, in turn three and four with, with the way I used to, you know, when I bought my pit pass and, um, and watch great racing from there as well. You, you nailed it. Car counts are are looking fantastic. I think the competition is as good as it's probably ever been. Um, and and you're starting with the with the advent of this technology, you're starting to be able to see these personalities come through a little bit more and we're getting able to share that. And I think we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg on that. So um, the week is crazy, uh, but it is a lot of fun to sit here in the office all day and then know that I'm going to end up at a racetrack at some point. It certainly is exciting, and I know one of the big exciting you know, opportunities and kind of moments in this offseason was the rebranding to NASCAR Regional. Why now? I guess what was the messaging behind changing from roots to regional and kind of what is the goal for that rebranding, you know, kind of the umbrella for our series, whether it's Arca Menards or Wheel and Modified Tour or even the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series? Uh, great question. Thanks Thanks for asking that because uh, when when I first got here, uh, they said, congratulations, we want you to be a part of this. Uh, your first job is to figure out what your title is. Um, and and not not the managing director part, but the weekly and touring part. And I think over the last 10 to 15 years, uh, whether it was weekly and touring or it was roots or it was grassroots or home tracks, or th there was a little bit of a confusion on, on this aggregation of assets that we have here from the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Arkham and Arts uh, series, uh, and then, of course, our, our weekly series as well. And when when Ben Kennedy had this vision for what he wanted the ladder system to start looking like, uh, weekly and touring was a bit confusing. My my litmus test was when I took this job and I went to my family, who has been in racing, you know, my whole life, um, and said, uh, "Oh, okay, I'm managing director of weekly and touring." They're like, "What is that?" Um, <laughs> 
weekly doesn't doesn't it all happen weekly doesn't it mostly tour uh and and so thinking about uh getting new audience and getting new partnerships uh we we thought that it was probably a lot easier um over a, a long period of time we interviewed more than 30 people in all different promoters racers uh at all different levels um sponsors partners stakeholders like flow racing our our wonderful broadcast partner um and and ultimately i think regional kind of sums it up in a vernacular that's a little easier to understand to the layman so again whether we're looking at it as a broadcast package or whether looking at it as a partnership package if i say oh you know this is the nascar regional assets we're a little bit closer to understanding what that is rather than the weekly and touring side um, this is a very important piece of of the NASCAR uh, ecosystem, and um, and like I said, when I took this job, hearing that from from Ben, uh, Steve O'Donnell, Steve Steve Phelps, and and Mr. France and Mr. Helton, um, you, you know, it, it kind of invigorated me, and and I got me pretty excited for this opportunity. So um, to see an opportunity to change the name of it um, and and make it a little easier to understand and also give us room to grow that so that the ladder system can become a little bit more concise and clear uh, is the overall goal for it. So um, if, if we can make it a little bit easier for people to understand, we might be able to knock down some barriers of entry and get more people involved. And I feel it takes us back a couple of decades. While it wasn't officially branded that, we always referred to them as the NASCAR Regional Series. You know, back when Winston West was was that series, now the Arca Menards West, uh, the NASCAR North Series, now Arca East. Uh, I guess the wording's kind of the same, but the official brand uh, kind of stamped on as NASCAR Regional now going forward. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Kyle. Because uh, again, it's it's easier to understand. You know exactly what I mean by that. We have the East series, we have the West series, which is probably as strong as it's it's ever been, perhaps. Um, and if and if anybody has the opportunity to see a West race, I mean, it is it is very competitive through the season. Um, and then you know the the Wheeler Modified Tour, you know, primarily on the East Coast, the Arkham Menards series which is a Midwest staple uh, with a Midwest staple partner like Menards. Um, so you nailed it. it. It's, it's a lot, it's just clearer, easier. And, and overall, I think a lot, uh, a lot better so that we can kind of build into that uh, as we grow the ladder system itself. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. You talked about the Arkham Menard Series, East and West, and of course the Wheel and Modified Tour, but the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series has been something, especially over the last couple of years, I think a lot of people have turned their attention to, the hype is becoming there, you look at these drivers like Lane Riggs, you go on, win the national title, he's getting ready to race the full-time series uh, in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series this year, where's the emphasis on that kind of ladder system, that program in the, in the late model ranks um, for you guys going into this year and moving forward? Well, the, the NASCAR late model stock uh, through the Southeast has become the, the standard in, in late models in the South. And um, if, you're, if you're kind of paying attention to what's happening in the West, there's, there's more and more emphasis on uh, economical racing, which is what that, that 
platform was built and designed for. So uh, I would imagine over the next couple of years, we will be, um, uh, there will be more adoption to a car like that, just again, because of the economical way to go racing. You're seeing it with even, you know, our cars, the, the, not our cars tour, but the cars tour, uh, that, um, that put a whole tour together using that car, um, and what Jack's been able to do, you know, and then, and then giving it off to, uh, Dale and, and Justin Marks and, and those, that group, I mean, that's, that's incredible, uh, to see the, the momentum that they have around that racing. So, um, the, the weekly series champion is always so interesting. Uh, you're racing everyone on paper. Uh, uh, Connor Hall told me he had like 16 spreadsheets going, trying to figure out points from all the different areas, um, which I think is an opportunity for us to, to add a little bit more drama and excitement to it. But um, to see, to see um, uh, folks make their mark there, that's the first time that the general public kind of sees that. Uh, and at NASCAR, we're able to, to put that up on a platform and shine a light on it. Uh, and then those guys get opportunities in the national series is exactly what that whole thing is for. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the Arctic Art Series for a second. They open up this Saturday at Daytona International Speedway. 50 entries right now. One of the largest entry list, if not the largest, in about a decade or so. Uh, why do you think the the sudden surge and the interest uh, going into to this season for the Arctic Art Series? Kyle, there's probably a lot of factors to that, but I think one of the best ones uh, is that ARCA has always been that jumping off point uh, to get to the national series. And uh, looking at that entry list, like you said, 50 cars, it looks like uh, a Rolex 24 entry list, right? Whether it's um, it's IndyCar stars, uh, V8 Supercar Australian stars. Uh, I, I mean, you're seeing uh, all kinds of... Modified champion, um, which which is a is a program you know thought of by Ron Drager and and promoted as the road to Daytona to give uh, up and coming um, uh, NASCAR regional stars an opportunity to go test at Daytona, get approved, and and if they if they like it and they want to do it and they can put some some programs together, then you know you have an opportunity to take advantage of it and now start in uh, in the ARCA race at Daytona and. and Seeing the smile on Justin Bonsignor's face, you know, just even talking about it is is fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're really looking forward to the ARCA race uh, because of that. The more diversity that you that you can bring into that, the more eyeballs you can you can show how great ARCA racing really is. You talked about how just this whole umbrella of NASCAR regional is really that kind of ladder system to get to the national stage and the, uh, under the NASCAR whole you know organization. But for you guys in the in this you know umbrella of series, whether it's ARCA, whether it's Wheel and Modified Tour, or even the weekly series, how much of an emphasis too will it be on you know training some of these young up and coming stars? to get to that next level, not just on the racetrack, but, you know, when it comes to media, you've got partners like Flow Racing now that can show us every single race you know, across, across these series. So, you know, how much of an emphasis do you put now on the drivers, too, to kind of get them trained up and ready to take that next step uh, when that time comes? Yeah, uh, one, I've been here 10 or 11 months, and one of the, the most um, – uh, gratifying moments uh, or or positions I've been in is to listen to hauler discussions with Mr. Ron Drager. And uh, post-race, things get heated and hot. And, um, and 
he is quick to remind everyone that our job at the series is not to just to prepare these race car drivers on the racetrack. It's also off the racetrack. And that includes a lot of the intangibles, like how to carry yourself, how to behave um, and how to represent not only your sponsors and yourself, but also the series and, and, uh, and the overall sport of NASCAR racing. So uh, it's been really gratifying to see that. And, and he, he takes that very seriously. Uh, that job, that that duty, that responsibility to get these drivers prepared to go to the next level, um, because you know when they get to the next level, if they do some bonehead move, you know they're always going to be well. Should have handled that in ARCA. So he takes that responsibility very seriously, and uh, and I've been, like I said, grateful that he's uh, let me into those conversations so that I can learn how important that is and and uh, and help those guys as well. My final question for you, and we'll kind of wrap where we started with the modified, some new, uh, I guess, some old new policies put back into play for the modifieds this year. The redraw is back, especially at some of these smaller racetracks up here in northern New England later this summer. What was kind of the emphasis about uh, inverting some of the field for for the start of these races? Uh, well, I, I think NASCAR's main objective uh, is to put on a, a fair event, but also put on an entertaining event. And uh, without the entertainment, um, no one's going to show up. And if no one shows up, then we don't have anything to race for. And and unfortunately, we can't put together a show. So um, as you've seen in all of the other series uh, and, and most other sports and entertainment properties, uh, always tweaking things and and adjusting things to see kind of what would make a better show um, out of it. And I think uh, when Jimmy brought me, uh, series director Jimmy Wilson brought me the uh, the the idea for the redraw. Um, I thought, man, that's that's an aggressive move. Uh, but man, I can't wait to see uh, Ron Silk, Justin Bonsignor, Doug Kobe, uh, Austin Beers uh, rush from eighth on the grid, you know, up through the field. So the inner race fan um, kind of took over in that, in that regard and, and helped make that decision. And when we talked to teams about it, um, a, a lot of them were in support of it due to that same opportunity. Okay, well, uh, we're going to put on a show. It's going to be fun. And there's some history to it, like you said, Kyle. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to kind of see it all come to fruition. Um, and if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll try something else, but uh, I'm excited to see it. I know, and as a race fan, I'm excited to see it all play out as well. Like you mentioned, seeing those guys come from mid-pack. Joey, before, Joey, before we let you go, obviously we talked about this being a monumental task and this whole rebranding, and of course we're getting all of our series underway here in the next couple of weeks. But looking forward, maybe two, three years down the road, where do you see NASCAR Regional maybe getting expanding a little bit, maybe getting bigger? Do, do we look at some dirt opportunities, or is that kind of way too far down the road? Um. I in my opinion, and I know that they pay me, but uh, even before I took this job, I, in my opinion, NASCAR is an incredible brand that has an incredible brand equity and and moves the needle when talking to people. Um, through my other sports and entertainment ex opportunities, I, saying NASCAR, they were very, very interested. I was at a English Premier League game a year ago in January, and they, they asked way more questions about NASCAR than I could get off about uh, the EPL. Um, so, so using that brand and using that platform, uh, to showcase local and regional racing, uh, is probably the next step for us. And, and what I think we have the opportunity to do is, is clearly and concisely, uh, explain the ladder system over the next few years and build out the ladder system. What, what are the steps to, to become a NASCAR cup series driver? And, 
That is that is the ultimate goal is a clear, concise answer to how does my daughter or son become uh, a NASCAR Cup Series driver? That Those are the next couple of years. Those are the next pieces that we need to put in place so that it's a lot easier to answer that question. Well, it's going to be so exciting to see where this goes moving forward, but obviously off to a great start with a great Wheel of Modified Tour opener. Uh, earlier this week at New Smyrna, of course, we've got Arkham Menard Series kicking off this week at the World Center of Racing. Joey, enjoy it. Enjoy Daytona, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you here later on this season. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Joey Denowitz, Managing Director for Weekly and Touring Series at NASCAR, joining us here as we kick off 2024. Coming up next, we'll preview more of the Arkham Menard Series opener at Daytona and their 2024 season. That's all next here on NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. For three decades, Racing Electronics has been the number one choice for scanners, headsets, and all race day communications needs. Racing Electronics provides the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate NASCAR fan. Hear uncensored communication from every team in the race with a scanner from Racing Electronics or tune into the MRN radio broadcast. To learn more, visit RacingElectronics.com today. Be race ready, be RE equipped. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. Chris and Kyle back with you. Kyle, great visit with Joey. Uh, a hardworking individual right now as we get the NASCAR Regional uh, Series underway. Of course, World Series World Series of Asphalt and, of course, Arkham Menard Series coming up this weekend. Uh, big takeaways from this conversation, I think, was just the excitement level and, and, and really the, the forward thinking of where we're going to go with this grassroots and ladder system under the NASCAR umbrella now. Uh, for years to come, and there's opportunities to grow as well and maybe expand to some other series over the next couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and there's a lot of series out there to expand to, and we're going to talk about a lot of them here on this show on a weekly basis, like the ASA Stars Tour that uh, kicked off their season at New Smyrna on Tuesday night. Uh, the Cars Tour, they've had a ton of announcements during this offseason. They're going to kick things off in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, a lot of room to expand, uh, you know, a, a new look, a new brand, uh, but the same stepping stones that uh, hopefully will be strengthened here in 2024 because of this new branding and for some of these drivers to, to move up the ladder. Cannot wait to see what happens moving forward. And of course, during that interview, you heard Joey and Kyle mention 50 entries for the Arkham Menard Series opener at Daytona, the 200 miler. And, and, and Kyle, I tell you what, there, nothing excited me more, not even the entry list coming out. It was the test in December and January for the Arkham Menard Series that we saw 60, I think, close do the test. And some were just trying to get clear to go run an ARCA race in the future. The excitement level around ARCA probably couldn't be higher at this point, and it shows now with 50 cars going for starting spots at Daytona this weekend. I mean, and it starts with not only the full-time drivers that are going to be going for a championship, but some new names that I didn't think were going to even be a part of this several months ago. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen and Marco Andretti yep. are headlined that list as well. Yeah, you, you talk about supercar racers, you talk about, and, and Chicago Street Race winner last year, you talk about uh, open-wheel veterans uh, in Marco Andretti coming in, the NASCAR modified champion, like Joey mentioned a little bit ago, Justin Bonsignor is going to be part of the field. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Tanner Gray uh, going to drive for Joe Gibbs Racing. 
Amber Balkin, Tony Bridinger, the ladies of the bunch that are going to run full-time this year for the championship with Venturini, along with their teammate, Chris Wright. So the field is stacked, a lot of great storylines, a lot of great personalities, and it all kicks off this Saturday at the World Center of Racing. And, and hopefully that momentum that this series has right now continues into the rest of the year. You know, when they visit the Midwest or the, you know, the Midwest short tracks or some of the other short tracks here on the East Coast, um, you know, we get those car counts, maybe not 50, but, you know, we can get 25, 30, 35 cars on a regular basis for the ARCA National Platform. That'd be great. We're off to a good start. Marco Andretti running for Cook, uh, Bruce Cook and Cook uh, Motorsports Technologies, of course, SVG running for Pinnacle. And the story with SVG too, Kyle, is, of course, he's announced with Trackhouse to run, uh, with Allegiance with Trackhouse to run the full Xfinity Series schedule this year. He has to run the Daytona Arca race just to get himself cleared to go run the big tracks because he hasn't yet with the NASCAR National Series. So can you imagine being your first time at Daytona running a Arca Menard Series race immediately followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series opener at Daytona? That is a heck of a welcome to NASCAR moment besides the fact that he won the open or won the Chicago Street race in his first start. But back to super speedway racing it's got to be completely different for svg coming up this week and it's going to be completely different when it comes to qualifying because arca qualifies in groups so he wants to make sure he lands in in the right group when it comes to group qualifying learn about the draft you're not going to get a lot of time or he's not going to get a lot of time to learn about the draft in the brief practice session that they're going to have before those group qualifying sessions roll off on i believe friday so um a lot of track time coming up for SGV, a lot of learning, and uh, hopefully he has a very successful uh, double header on Saturday afternoon. So we talk about those names doing some partial schedules, some big names moving over into the Arkham Menard series. Let's talk about the championship as we get set to kick off 2024. Obviously, one of my favorite parts about following the Arkham Menard series is every year you have a bunch of graduates that move on to either the Craftsman Truck Series or in Jesse Love's case, your defending champion, moving up to the Xfinity series. That opens the door for a new champion this year. And Kyle, there are a lot of names that were flirting near the top of a lot of races last year that will have now a big opportunity to capture a championship. Who are some of the drivers you have your your eyes on going into this year's championship run, full-time drivers? The first one that comes to mind for me is Andres Perez de Lara, who I don't think finished outside the top 10 all last year, maybe once, was in the top five several times, challenged Jesse Love at a few races, but now seemingly is one of the best in terms of favorites and odds to win a championship this year. First time I saw Andres Perez, I believe was his first <clears throat> his first race in the Arca Series at the Bristol Motor Speedway a couple of years ago. He looked so comfortable in traffic. So much happens over the course of a 150 or 200 lap event in that half mile. And uh, he did a great job of coming to from the back of the pack toward the front to challenge for the lead. And, and it's the first time that he really put himself on the radar or a lot of people's radars in this sport he's had a full year of experience since and now you mentioned with jesse love moving on certainly going to open the door for him to find success keep an eye on him keep an eye on his teammate lavar scott who showed well last year chris wright talked about him a moment ago i feel like he's been around a long time a lot of years now in the arthur menard series has also done some part-time schedules in the nascar craftsman truck series he'll be strong with a a team that has been a powerhouse in the arthur menard series for decades in venturini motorsports and I look for the ladies to do well as well. And Amber Balkin and Tony Bridinger both have committed full-time. 
That's right. And you mentioned LeVar Scott finished fourth in the Daytona 200 last year uh, in a, in his first effort at Daytona, so has an opportunity with Rev Racing. But, yes, Venturini, again, is going to be the team to stop, but it'll be which one of the drivers will find their way to the top of the championship. It all starts again coming up on Friday at Daytona for the Arc Menard Series 200. Greg Van Alst, the defending winner, is in the field, Kyle, and nothing made me smile more last year than watching Greg do his Victory Lane interview. A guy from Indiana who's said, I'm not meant to do this. I wasn't supposed to be here, and now winning at Daytona, you see the emotion on his face. He's back to defend his title. I'd be curious, though, what Tanner Gray does in the Joe Gibbs racing car. Of course, Tanner Gray, we followed him the last couple of years full-time in the Craftsman Truck Series for Tricon Garage, but coming down to ARCA, could he be kind of considered almost a sleeper favorite in this race? He could be, you know, he's, he's with a good team. Uh, it's, a, I guess it's going to be a matter of getting drafting help in the late stages of the event and allowing him to put his, you know, himself in position at the right time on lap number 80. He has experience in the trucks. So we'll see if that can carry over into the Arthur Menard series race on Saturday. Of course, uh, he'll be racing on Friday night as well. So a, a busy couple of days for Tanner. That's right. All right. And then the other big news over the weekend before we let everyone go here on this week's episode, of course, uh, Kevin Harvick Incorporated. We talked about the late model program that kind of was restarted last year. We saw a number of drivers, including Lane Riggs, run a couple of races. Rodney Childers was able to crew chief that effort. They're going to be back and committing to a full-time season, and they've got two cars, not one. They've got two, with Brent Cruz going to chase the late model stock championship in the Cars Tour, uh, running that 60, 60 entry. 62 car will be kind of be a rotation all-star car. Josh Berry slated to drive with Lane Riggs, Landon Lewis, William Sawalich, and more. And there's a driver we haven't talked a lot about either. William Sawalich in the power rankings for the short track racers is up there near the top, so could be a, a team to watch Kyle in terms of, but how cool is it to see that organization and Kevin Harvick's name behind a, a full-time late model stock effort coming, uh, coming up this year. Yeah. I love what he's putting back into short track racing over the last several years. Uh, but now that he's a retired NASCAR cup series driver can put a little bit more focus on it when he's not in the broadcast booth. We've seen his investment into the cars tour over the last year. And now uh, bringing a, a team back that's going to compete, uh, you know, full-time, make that with, with two cars and some of the biggest names in short track racing, including former national champion Josh Berry. You mentioned Brett, Brent Cruz will go full-time. So uh, it's pretty cool to see what he has done. His heart is in short track racing. We've seen it at Kern County on the West Coast. We're seeing it here now on the East Coast as well. Well, Kyle, we have our racing plates full coming up this week. And, they of are. course, the Motor Racing Network is your home for all things Daytona International Speedway. Again, beginning as you're watching this episode Thursday night, the Blue-Green Vacation Duels from Daytona, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the airtime on the Motor Racing Network. We've got our A-plus crew down there ready to go. And, of course, it all continues Friday, the Craftsman Truck Series season opener, Saturday, Arc Menard Series, and, of course, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, all leading up to the Daytona 500 on Sunday. So, Kyle, I cannot wait to see how this year starts. I was fortunate enough to be at the Clash, which was very interesting with Mother Nature shifting things around. But to get the regular season started at Daytona, there's nothing like it. And hopefully we're not having the shift around this weekend yes. as well. Hopefully, I wasn't going to say Nature, it. I wasn't going to say know. it. Hopefully she cooperates and things can change between now when we film this show on Wednesday and by the time Saturday and Sunday roll around. So, 
We'll see. But yeah, a lot of racing down there. I can't wait to see how the Richie Evans 100 uh, pans out on Friday night at New Smyrna Speedway. That race affected by rain a year ago and did not happen for the first time since the 80s. Uh, so hopefully they have a great night of racing there for the tour type modifieds. 602 modifieds, a brand new class to the World Series at New Smyrna this year. They have struggled the last couple nights and just getting laps in the books before their time, uh, their 30 minute time constraint ran out. So hopefully uh, they can get uh, events completed this week as well. A lot of racing. Can't wait to watch it all. That's right. New Smyrna, Daytona, your home this weekend for Kyle Ricky and our producer, Pat Jaggers. My name is Chris Wilner. We're back. NASCAR coast to coast. Episode one is in the books. We'll see you next week. We will recap it all. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Napa! from the World Center of Racing. Have a good one.